Hello and welcome. My name is Dan and you're listening to the Sheffield Libraries podcast. Today, I'm joined by Martin Robinson, founder and editor of the Book of Man website and author of the new book, You're Not the Man You're Supposed to Be. After a lifetime of working in men's magazines, Martin's book explores the concept of manliness and how we can grow that for the benefit of men, for our children and for society at large. Okay, so Martin, welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. So, um, so your book, You're Not the Man You're Supposed to Be, it, it's detailing your quest to explore masculinity at, at this moment in time. Um, yeah, it's powerful stuff. It's thought provoking. But yeah, it had me sitting on the sofa reading it and I, I was laughing and chuckling along. Um, <laughs> so, it, yeah, it's a real pleasure as well. Um, can you tell us a bit more about the book and sort of how and why you embarked on this journey and maybe maybe some of the adventures you had along the way? Yeah, sure, of course. Um, so I run a website called The Book of Man, which is my day-to-day sort of job, which I started a couple of years ago. Um, at a point in my, I've worked in men's magazines sort of my whole life, and I was at a point where I was kind of out of work and considering what I was going to do next and looking whether to go back into media or not, and also struggling with a few things. I was kind of um, sort of at home, uh, looking after my my kids and a bit down and it just suddenly occurred to me that men's magazines didn't really ever deal with troubles it was kind of like all the James Bondish fun cars and suits and looking cool and keeping up the image but nothing about what's really going on what's really going on in our heads and particularly when we're in difficulties it just you're kind of like a bit left really as, as, as a man, you're not, you're not really, it's not really something you deal with, with your friends. It's not really something dealt with in most media. It's not something you talk about with your dad or something like that. So I just thought it was just a really weird thing that you didn't really investigate that area. And it's certainly in, in culture, you know, in, in sort of magazine media culture. So, um, so I decided to just set it up and then, Um, having worked on that for a couple of years I suddenly found myself where I knew loads of people who were doing stuff in this area sort of a few pop stars like we had Professor Green is one of our columnists um, but also academics and a few experts who work in men's charities or um, addiction centres things like this who are dealing with with mental health and masculinity and all these kind of issues and I just suddenly thought I would I was kind of in a nice position to kind of look at a, a, an overview of what's happening with with men. Um, because certainly there's been more scrutiny on, on male behaviour than there has been, you know, for a long time, I, I feel, um, partly because of the Me Too movement, which really um, well, brought up the idea of toxic masculinity, which is a massive talking point, and suddenly there was extra scrutiny on what what men were, were doing and some of the some of the uh, obviously dreadful things that, that were happening out there but also looking at men, male behavior in general as, as in some way destructive or you know threatening to women which of course is in massively in the news at the moment um, uh, but also the mental health sort of crisis as well you know the, the male suicide rate was a big had become a big talking point 
um, you know, 75% of suicides are male and looking at the reasons why that might be. Um, and, you know, and a lot of the male suicide sort of charities and people in that area do put it down to men's reluctance to reach out until it's really a crisis point. And so from that basis, there's a real drive to try to tackle what might be holding us back then. If it's just an image that we're worried about, then can't we somehow change that and get talking about it and, and remove some of that stigma? Um, so there's all these things going on. So I just felt like it was a good time to kind of like look at everything together, um, you know, with no great solutions. I'm not sort of, you know, some holy knight with all the answers by any stretch of the imagination. And indeed, I realised as I started writing the book and started interviewing people, that I'd never really dealt with my own issues. I was sort of dealing with telling other people how to kind of like, you know, uh, tackle their depression, look at different areas of their life, scrutinise themselves in a real way. But I'd never particularly done that myself. So, uh, so I ended up doing that as well, much against my my better instincts so the book essentially is, is me sort of having meeting lots of people around the uk having a few little adventures going to things like um cage fighting um also visiting an addiction center in in newcastle um and uh, having a drag makeover getting dragged up and so lots of these little things just trying to kind of get under the surface a little bit of of some of the changes that are happening and also just challenging myself against some areas that as a man I would feel abhorrent. So like getting made up and, yeah, and yeah. have a dress put on me, <laughs> things like that. That's set got me out of my comfort zone. So so yeah, I mean it's called it's subtitled into the chaos of modern masculinity. And it is kind of chaotic because you have sociologists who will tell you that male identity is a performance. You know, it's not it's something that we perform to other people all the time without realizing it. And, um, and so on that basis, you know, you could look at different countries or different regions and see that there's a different kind of performance going on. And it's just simply not, it's not to say that all men are fake and what we're doing is fake. It's just, well, tweaks could possibly be made. So they'll say one thing, but then an evolutionary psychologist will say, no, no chance. Men are like this and have been for millennia or however long. And um, and there's very little you can do to change. So yeah. dealing with all these different issues and trying to take a path through it is kind of the journey of the book. Really. I suppose to some extent, it doesn't really matter if it's programmed in genetically or if it's constructed by the society around us. It's the reality right now, isn't it? And I guess that's what you're you're addressing and dealing with. Yeah, I mean, but this is it. It's trying to bring it back to a real real world sort of situation really because yeah. there are a lot of theories and there's a lot of ideologies out there once you start looking and yeah just on the evolutionary psychology thing I mean I you know I sort of make the point in the book I spoke to um, uh, Robin Dunbar who's one of the leading evolutionary psychologists sort of in the world um, really amazing insight that he was giving and I was kind of pressing him on what can can you do as, as a man because he was sort of like saying you'll never get men to talk they will never ever sit down and talk like a woman do you'll maybe have a few there are there is a spectrum but generally speaking you just won't get them to do it sure. I was pressing him he's like saying there's a little bit of wriggle room there's a little bit of wriggle room where you can change male behavior but in the 
grand scheme of things, that little bit of rig wriggle room is massive. Like that, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of what we're dealing with at the moment. If that little bit of wriggle room means that there's less men killing themselves or women are sh safer on the streets, then that's a lot to work with in our current time. So, so yeah, it's, it's just trying to also just try to make it a bit approachable as well. I think often a lot of men just don't like to deal with this kind of stuff. Yeah, but, you know, there's there's a raw honesty to the book, and I think that's um, that that makes it really powerful. And the fact that it's been written, it's been written by a man who is exploring this, because let's face it, some of these things aren't that easy to hear sometimes. And I, I no. we definitely see men struggling, possibly feeling a little bit attacked sometimes, yeah. and yeah. to have their conversation driven. Maybe the conversation needs to come from men for it not to feel that way. Who knows? I, yeah, I, th I think so. I think that's the that's one of the important things. And, you know, I, co I consciously try to do I have some amusing stuff in the book and try to make it a bit friendly and a bit of a laugh and, and very much include myself in as, as a kind of highly dysfunctional male, um, worried about his own behaviour and and how it can improve. Because yes, there is there is a real response out there, which is which is kind of a a, a nervous one, like a, a really vicious re response that denies there's any problem, kind of with men. And you see it, you see it at the moment, you know, with the issue of sexual harassment. You know, I find myself getting very mm -hmm. down about it earlier in the week because, um, or end of last week, because it, there was just so much a response from men just going, "There's not, there's no issue here." not all men it's you know the statistics are wrong just over and over just endless sort of social media comments that were just in complete denial i found myself like replying to loads and getting involved in arguments and uh i just thought what's what's the what's the problem here why can't we just listen to this stuff and there's a real i don't know there's a real sort of sense of sort of men cl clinging really tightly onto like an image and, and their own identity that's a, that, that I feel is about sort of safety um, and, and sort of sticking with the herd, basically. Um, and I think that it's really important that, that, you know, just kind of pay attention to what's going on, what people are saying and ask honestly about how things can improve. Because for me, such matters as this are about fairness and they're about safety. And you know, and what what's wrong with that? Yeah. You know, I, I just I just find it very tricky. So, but I mean, my approach, yeah, in terms of the book, knowing full well that that you're always going to get a, a lot of people who don't kind of, and a lot of men who don't want to hear it, is is just to try to make it a very sort of reasoned argument, trying to make it a bit friendly, try to show that we're all in it together, and that this at the end of the day, this is about improving ourselves. Yeah. You know, I think that point comes through really strongly you know, that it, it's vital that actually we engage with this conversation as much for our own good as as that for everyone else's you know, for, for society at large. Yeah. And it's because it's it's linked to masculinity and male behavior and what we think that should be. And that feeds into everything. So the same thing that is perhaps meaning that girls are getting harassed in the street is also the same thing that is um preventing men from getting mental health help you know it, because yeah. it's about an image of being a man it's about certain things that we feel like we should do 
which may or may not have some kind of primitive, uh, you know, genetic basis in some way. But I, I kind of I'm a big believer in agency and having choice, especially as an adult man, where you can sort of see the effects that you're having on the world and applying your kind of intellect and values to what's going on. And, and I think that seeing through perhaps the automatic or in, unthinking sort of behavior that we, that we have uh, in fulfilling this idea of being a man uh, can be really, really destructive, both for other people and for ourselves. So in other mm. words, just tackling this stuff, examining what we're doing, yeah, it's, it's beneficial for everyone and we can, it'll just improve our lives as much as it will everyone else. So um, what's wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the scale of the mental health crisis is, is terrifying. And it, is, is, this, is this crisis of, of, of identity and you know, the associated mental health problems and like, is it, um, has it grown out of modern society? Is it a modern thing or has it always been there? Yeah, is you know we we hear people will will comment that society has become more shallow, that it's self-obsessed and it's too individualistic or focused on you know technology and all the rest. I mean, how much is is, is that sort of feeding into this? Um, well, it's interesting, isn't it? It's one of the big big questions. I mean, there's certainly the idea of um, you know mental health issues is is not new. You know, that's been going on for you know, that's humanity, you know, that it, it really is. And you, if you look at, um, you know, any, there's lots of cultural precedents for this, you know, and Hamlet being the kind of obvious one. And, but it's, it's, a, it's a common, you know, you look at a lot of, a lot of literature and you, you, you delve into the past, you see that, that it, it, even though it's not sort of, you know, perhaps diagnosed as such, dealing with, with difficulties and depression and destitution and, and um, you know highs and lows um, has always sort of been there, um, and you know, and you've you've also had generations who've had to deal with wars, you know, and coming out of wars and having to deal with PTSD, and you know, there's there's been you know historically yes, there's there's been a lot of mental health issues. I mean, I kind of feel like we're at a point now where we, we just perhaps have the room to talk about it more than we did. And also I feel like there are, there are a number of unique circumstances which are dealing with, which are, are, um, are, are bringing it to a head at the moment. So the first one is the social media age, of course, <clears throat> which uh, has not been around that long actually. <laughs> really but I mean it's life is now unthinkable without it and the truth is that we don't know what effect it's really having on us we're all kind of like guinea pigs being experimented mm -hmm. on it's a bit weird um, there are undoubtedly some positive benefits coming from it most obviously the fact that you can see other communities and other people talking about mental health for instance and find connections there and find some kind of solace there um, but there are obviously scientists are very worried about the amount of time we're spending on these things, um, the amount of worry that can come onto your shoulders just from following the news cycle that might really have nothing to do with you and might not even be in your country or anything, but you are still the anxiety you're picking up on. 
And so it's a bit up for grabs is, is that area. Um, and the other thing I'd say is that we've been dealing with a, a real economic crisis since 2008 and the, the big crash. And that's really, that's these kind of things you can't underestimate. They've had a massive, massive effect on the amount of money in society, the poverty that's going on. And that filters through in the lack of hope, you know, so issues like people not being able to buy a house, you know, it's, it's huge. And, and if you look at the statistics in suicide across most areas, the have been after a long decline since the 80s they started rising again 2008 and beyond um you know lack of lack of hope and opportunity is yeah. like a huge huge thing so i feel like all those things come to a head but i mean uh, yeah i suppose the biggest difference is that it's kind of out there and people are really engaging with it at all levels i mean that is that is huge that never happened yeah. before so so the book is split into chapters and you, you look at things like tribalism and power and physicality and fatherhood and um i think it's quite hopeful actually for some of the reasons you've just said kind of find out some of the look at some of the pressures but also there are practical things we can do and and positive steps being taken by people and there are, there are leaders emerging that sort of thing i wonder if we might talk about about some of those a bit more um the fitness chapter was interesting and and the idea of finding purpose. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, I think the area of fitness is one of the main areas that feels like there's real progression being made uh, in terms of, of men exploring different aspects of themselves and dealing with mental health and issues about being a man, which sounds strange because usually you'd think of fitness of being about getting massive guns and strutting along the street like a cage fire um and there is a bit of that obviously but um i think that the from what i from the people that i've spoken to and from what i've seen i think it's a it's a bigger thing and i think it's linked almost to the decline in pub culture as well well i mean obviously covid has massively well that's put a decline in gym and pub culture is, is that but there's been a real shift i think from pub culture into gyms and exercise um and not just that but also um adventuring extreme forms of exercise like tough mudder races mm. uh wild swimming cycling clubs there's been a massive it's been massive there's been a huge booming it and I think, well, first of all, obviously, physically, that's great, you know, that people are exercising rather than smoking 40 B&H a day. Um, and, and a kind of, but it's also that, that men are really kind of uh, bonding in these places as well. You know, I know that there's running and sort of some solitary activities going on, but I think there's also a huge sort of social side. And it's quite interesting that mental health has become real, a real part of, of sort of, gym culture and an exercise world and, and that you can you know you've got a you could sneak it in there yeah. <laughs> if you like and it's easier to sneak it in isn't it I, I yeah. definitely find that if I go for a run with my mates that's when that's when we have the best conversations yeah yeah and again you know the evolutionary psychologist was like you won't men like to do stuff together they don't like to talk together but of course you know, you can talk while you do stuff. You can be gaming together and talk side by side, you know, which is one of the big, big areas. The side by side chat seems to be more comfortable for men. 
Um, and I just think fair enough, you know, if, if men do have to climb K2 in order to talk about the fact that they've just split with a girlfriend, fine, you know, just work within those parameters, do stuff together. That's, that's all, that's all cool. So, I, and I, I do think there's a lot of, you know, we do need role models in these areas as well. And it's interesting, the role of sport people within this, they, they are kind of, you know, you would argue are the, the big icons, you know, that a lot of people look to, the yeah. top sports people, um, for them to be talking about mental health and dealing with some of their issues and being quite open about it is huge, you know. I think the last World Cup when you had sort of you know, half the England team before the tournament talking about how they've struggled with depression. Yeah. I mean, you would never have had that in the 90s. I mean, never in a million years, like Tony Butcher. There's, there's something Terry really Butcher powerful. Yeah. Something. No way. So that alone is really interesting. And, I, and so I think our role, for our, for our role models to be shifting in these areas and to be changing their behaviour is, is a massive thing and that does filter down. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think, yeah, Terry Butcher, yeah, obviously a bit of a legend, yeah, there's something uh, impressive about carrying on, you know, bloodstains and all that, but yes, we can be more than that as well, can't we? We can, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think, you know, and the other thing as well is about sort of exercise in gym space is that it's not just all blokes either, it's, a, it's really mixed, and I think that's the other important thing that I was trying to look at with the book as well, is like, it's not just, you know, this isn't kind of like a, a men's movement, men's rights thing. It's all about the idea that we're in it together. We're all, we're in it, you know, um, there's the, the mix of genders is, is brilliant and we, we should be learning from each other and, 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 in, and kind of just trying to, yeah, shift behavior, but also learn better habits. And, and, and I like, I like the, the mix of, of people that we're, that we're getting in the country now and I think that that's that's absolutely part of what this is all about you know there's a bit we've run it on the book of man before that men a lot of the time prefer to talk about the mental health issues to a female friend mm. you know and and partly that seems a bit of a lack of of support from their male friends but it just might be the case that that men would would prefer to do it that way which is absolutely sort of fine and valid and a great thing you know mm. Let's talk about power and control and things like this. Another chapter in the book. Yeah, I mean, you, you pose the question: Is is this is like this need to main, maintain male control, or this power, need to maintain male control to keep up the fight for some men at least? Is that actually a cause of some of this dysfunction out there? You know, mental health problems. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, is surrendering some of that control actually better for us? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's a real key part of male identity is that aspect of power and gunning for power and being in control of things, you know, from the stereotypes of being sort of a, a breadwinner, you know, or the alpha male, which is, um, I don't know, I, those, those kind of ideas I still see sort of everywhere in workplaces. Um, you know, there's a certain seems to me there's a certain male ideal of which is a very alpha ideal that you get in a lot of different industries i mean i'm in men's magazines and you know and <clears throat> which uh, you know some of them were quite nice lovely kind of like liberal things but you still had to deal with 
putting on a strut and acting a certain way otherwise you'd get torn to shreds you know it was yeah. you had to be like a bit of an impenetrable kind of beast to really impress people and I'm um, well impress the other men the senior men sure. um so I think that that kind of information is kind of given to us at, at work hugely um culturally of, as well of course you know the idea that we are supposed to be kind of all powerful superheroes sort of stood on top of mountains you know with a sports car um and i sort of feel like yeah that's a huge part of where we kind of go wrong because the idea of giving up that control surrendering some control just feels like that is not manly that's not that's not being a man that's not what it should be giving other people space and you know not needing to have the answers every second feels unmanly mm-hmm. <laughs> um which is kind of absurd because what it does is it means that when things do go out of your control as they will because this is life and thing you don't have all the answers very rarely i mean maybe never you <laughs> know um but when things go wrong then suddenly it's it's seen as a real lack of um a real weakness a real that you've lost your identity if you've lost control it's that tied up in who you are so and that i just feel like leads to a lot of lashing out and a lot of dysfunction and a lot of self-medication the idea that are you know from so for me personally when i lost my job my big nice magazine job i'd kind of i was like humiliated i was like i just couldn't i just felt so ashamed of it because i just i'd lost i thought i was in control and i had a bit of power and when that was gone it was like i wasn't anything and and, and you know and that's that's just not healthy that's just not healthy and that's not an acceptable way to to view life and to hold yourself up to those ideas is kind of like mad but so many of us kind of do it uh, but it's something that you have to you know it's almost something you have to go through some rough experiences with in order to have an appreciation of that you know and, and I think that is a process of maturity as well as much as it looks like the all-powerful alpha is the ultimate man it's like they're not they're not they're not they're they're clinging very very tightly onto an image and um and actually giving yourself permission to be vulnerable to ask for help there's another thing i have a lot of fun with there as well asking for help at work i mean sounds a bit brave i know can you imagine doing that (laughs) just to be sat there and just go sorry uh i've no idea what i'm doing can anyone help me (laughs) just be like this guy's having a breakdown (laughs) fired it's kind of like that which is just crazy it's just crazy um so i think that um yeah we can you can you have to move through that you've got to move through that certain stage let's talk fatherhood yeah you know you're a dad i'm a dad and you're you're chapter in fatherhood which i found really interesting you you really stress that um, masculinity can and and should somehow be expanded You, you point out that women's empowerment has really been about creating space for women to to kind of be more um and that's really what we need to do as well mm. for, as men can 
talk a bit more about that maybe yeah yeah i think that's really important yeah if you look at sort of uh feminism and and you know all, all the decades that we've had that generally speaking whatever form it's been about women looking forward trying to untangle the, you know the barriers and the shackles that have held them down in the past the old ideas of being a woman get rid of those expand into something else and expand to their full potential whereas male male aspiration is more like looking back it's not it's not kind of like we need to change and open ourselves as men it's like we need to get back to being james bond we need we need to be bobby moore again you know it's always we need to be like a war hero it's always looking back and i just find it baffling you know because you've just because you know even at the time those were that wasn't real that wasn't real you know you know the men who were fighting in that war i'm sure they were absolutely terrified most of the time because they're in a war you know and 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 I think it's important to look at the reality of that. And, you know, does not say they weren't absolute heroes. And I think that is true bravery overcoming your fears. Um, but that but the reality is much more complicated than the image, you know. And I, it's still you know there's still the GQ James Bond thing still all over. That still seems to be the male the main ideal the main aspiration is kind of that. Um, and I just find it really reductive and and sort of depressingly narrow. Um, and so, yeah, so trying to get the idea that we can, why can't we just expand? Why can't we learn from what women are trying to do and apply that to our, our own lives? And I think that, of course, this stuff happens day to day. And of course, there are a lot of lovely dads and there's a lot of people who are trying to do different things within their lives. But I think um, shifting it so it's not like a bit of a guilty secret. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a, you know. So you're not you're not babysitting your kids. You're actually just being a dad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, but you know, shifting the ideals so that the ideal of, of a male of a male behavior of male behavior will be someone who is a dad and someone who cares about people, as well as being someone who is really good at their job, whatever that might yeah. be. So, again, it's not. You know, that was the word that you said is about an expansion of things and broadening it out it's not taking it away it's not saying you can't enjoy football or drinking 20 pints on a saturday night it just means you add different things on and you you revel in them you glory in them and i think fatherhood is definitely something that is even just you know culture and adverts and things always seems like the crap dad idea i'm a bit rubbish oh my god i've just made my kids a hula hoop sandwich again day running they've got scurvy oh my god i'm so bad at this it's like there are funny stuff there's funny stuff that happens when your dad all the time of course there is but that's all you really hear i don't really see that many sort of like positive dad role models maybe a few maybe it's changing a little bit you know all these things are kind of in flux and that's why it's an interesting thing so you'll have someone like uh well david beckham is the obvious but you know even like the rock or someone yeah. like that who's you know will well, he's constantly there with his kids. And so I think those kind of things are sort of changing, you know. If you compare the wrong yeah. to Arnold Schwarzenegger, who was back in my day, was the, the big guy. He wouldn't do that. Probably <laughs> eat kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's his secret. Right, we, we worked it out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, the, the interview you, you had with the, the ex-SAS guy in the Father chapter was really interesting. And um, I was really drawn by the idea of, 
of creating your own code, if you like. Yes. Yeah. Code for being a man, um, yeah. which was all about taking, or it seemed, as I read it, it seemed to be about taking those best bits of traditional manliness, which of course are not exclusively male attributes, but you know, things like courage and strength, mental and physical, and yeah. a willingness to step up and all that stuff. But there was a lot more to it, wasn't there? And you know, being a good dad by doing this, that, and the other. I found that quite powerful. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that, yeah, um, Kevin, who interviewed, you know, ex-SAS guy, uh, very uncompromising person, <laughs> to say the least. Um, he's, I work with him as well, so I, I, I know him very well. But, yeah, his his approach was, was a pretty inspiring one, I think, because... Um, yeah, although it has like a ridiculous sort of like, you know, in the way that he delivers it in his very military sort of terms, but actually there was there was a lot to it. So, yeah, it's the idea that you are um, holding people accountable for their actions. You are give, uh, you're almost having a forum that he would have sort of like every Sunday for people to talk about the issues they've had that week. So it's the very you know very uh yeah very sort of like military approach i would yeah. i would say to it but it did mean that there was lots of emotional uh room there and actually his the way that he sees it is that you should get involved properly so you need to instruct your son for instance that he needs to properly respect women and not just do what his mates do you know, and hammering that in, which is kind of like that to me at the moment feels like that's what needs to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a sense of leaving boys, I think, to their own devices. I really think that's quite a strong sort of um, cultural, social parenting kind of thing. The, the idea that boys, they're, they're all right, they'll get on with it. They're just a bit of rough and tumble. They're sort of fine. Um, and I think because there's perhaps a bit more of a male sort of, uh, you know, instinct that's seen in boys to just not want to deal with it either. It means that you're kind of in a conspiracy of silence, kind of go, OK, well, it's just carrying on as more. But I like the approach of getting stuck in there and going, if you don't tell young lads, and they might not ever hear that, you know, and they all might just have to pick it up from their mates. You don't want to leave it up to just purely that idea. So the idea of, of that Kev had of sort of like tackling and getting involved. This is what you must do. This is the kind of behavior I expect for you. Don't bully anyone. You know, that is wrong. That is a morally wrong thing to do. And this is what's going to happen. You know, I, I, I kind of like that. And I like the fact that it brought a lot of issues to the surface. And even, even just the idea that, because the idea that for, as well within this is that as a dad, you won't show too much of what of what goes on behind the scenes. So the image of being a dad, you almost there's a tendency, and I do it all the time, so you keep the front up, even for your kids. Sort of, you know, some might have gone desperately wrong in your life, but you just go, oh yeah, it's cool, you know, it's TV, you know, sort of continue. And I actually think there's quite a lot of power in not doing it all the time, but having a moment there with your children, sort of like saying, well, I haven't got all the answers, I'm a bit sort of frightened. Yeah. You no, know, I don't know, I don't know what I'm gonna do, I'm a bit worried about this. What do you think you know and i think opening that up then that's really powerful stuff yeah you're not teaching them just to hold it all back you're going well, look even even daddy like has problems 
Yeah, it's that role model thing again. It's a bit like with the footballers, I suppose. You know, a role model that is actually a complete human rather exactly. than just, yeah, there's, there's exactly. power to that. And I think the idea of just being a human, you know, <laughs> again, you know, it's almost like trying to be a man is, is to try and go against being human <laughs> because you're supposed to deny a whole emotional side of yourself, a whole part of the human experience has to be somehow swallowed down and repressed and it's like we shouldn't be expected to not be human you know that it should be you know and really the battle is to move towards that really and away from sort of the some of those ideas that might restrict us well it's it's been great talking to you the the book of course contains so much more than we've covered today so i'd urge anyone to pick it up and, and have a read um You've also got the website. You've got your own podcast, I think. Where should people go to find out more about those? Yeah, uh, thebookofman.com is is the website that we run and we're the Book of Man on Instagram as well. So, yeah, we've, we've, we've got our own podcast and various other bits and bobs. But, yeah, we're, we're kind of working on this stuff all the time. So, um, so yeah, it's a, it's a continually evolving thing. And it's just essentially it's just about supporting men through difficult times, you know, and uh and trying to improve uh our lives and other people well thanks for listening my guest today was martin robinson author of you're not the man you're supposed to be you've been listening to the sheffield libraries podcast the place to hear authors discuss their work and to explore stories both fact and fiction that we think deserve to be heard i hope you'll join us again